0: Welcome to Short Stack Stories. I'm Jackie. And I'm Liv. And this week's story is about a writer suffering from the very
1: relatable writer's block. Out of sheer desperation, her boyfriend decides to ship her off to a cabin in the woods to try to eliminate any distractions. But her expectations dwindled after patiently waiting for someone to come murder her.
0: Murder Me Nicely
1: by Lucy Britch had us rolling around
0: laughing with Lucy's upbeat style and inside jokes about the writing process and how to occupy a cabin with no one holding you accountable. Hey, Jackie, have you ever procrastinated so hard you kind of hope your boyfriend would rent you a cabin in the woods so you'd have to finish your tasks?
1: Uh, I'm definitely a professional procrastinator, but (laughs) if he ever rented a cabin, I'm sure he would have to come along and bring our dog mojo and if he was there there's no way anybody would be able to come murder me Mojo's (laughs) so scary (laughs) so grab a twix make sure you have signal and netflix downloaded to your phone a cozy fireplace and a screened in porch and let's uber on through this week's short Short stack story Murder Me Nicely by Lucy Britch Read by Jackie Your very own cabin in the woods, he said, showing me a picture on his phone. Happy birthday, he said, kissing me on the head. You bought me a cabin in the woods, I asked. Are you trying to get me murdered? We'd watched all the movies where people go to cabins in the woods and get murdered, Only if you want to be, he said with a wink. Oh, I want to be, I said, not having felt anything this exciting or anything really in a long time. A looming birthday will do that. The world on fire will do that. I'd been struggling to find time and space to write. If I had time, I didn't have space. If I had space, I didn't have time. It was all excuses, but I blamed the universe because how was anyone supposed to understand both space and time? One, maybe, but not both. I couldn't go to a writer retreat because then I'd have to bond with people. Or I'll stay in my room and watch Netflix. And I could do that at home. If I went, I would immediately want to leave. I wondered what it would be like to want to stay somewhere. The cabin was picture-perfect, meaning there was a picture, and it was perfect. But I wasn't so foolish as to trust it, because it was on the internet. I was wrong to be cynical, though. When we arrived, it was exactly like it had looked on the phone. Only bigger, obviously. It was just far enough away for me to forget the world if I wanted, but close enough that if I desperately needed the world or snacks, I could Uber to get them and say, hey, you didn't think I'd forgotten you completely, did you? And buy a Twix. Which I knew I would, because who wanted to spend a week in the woods with no Twix, like a goddamn wild woman that children whisper about? She must be a witch if she lives without Twix, they'd say. He hadn't actually bought me the cabin. We weren't those types of people with mad money who bought cabins when they already had perfectly good apartments that were the size of a cabin. Or smaller, even. Apartments that barely fit the two of them, let alone any children. Had there been children, they would surely have died from lack of oxygen. But there were no children, so it was fine. If we had guests, we could crack a window. He had rented me this cabin in the woods for one week. One whole week, alone with my book that wasn't a book yet, merely something that wanted to be a book when he grew up. And for that to happen, I had to do the work. There was no way around it. At least, there would be no distractions in the woods because the woods didn't want me to sign up for their service. The woods didn't have to wow me with their speed or content or perks. They were woods. They would just be there, and I would be there too. The best sort of relationship. One whole week of just me and my book. When he came back, I was sure one of us would be dead. Is there a fireplace? I asked still standing and looking at the cabin, not sure whether I wanted there to be a fireplace or not. Could I be trusted with fire? Writers in the old days would burn their writing if they wanted to truly delete it. Scrunching it up into a ball wasn't enough. Yes, why? he asked. I might need to throw my laptop in it, I said. Please don't do that, he said. He valued electronics in a way that I didn't. I'd brought one small bag. A squirrel looked at me and my bag and then ran off. I was sure to tell the rest of the woodland creatures that a woman had just arrived who had no idea how to pack, let alone survive in the woods. Quick, tell the local serial killer. All that from one squirrel's side eye. Did you see that squirrel? I asked. No, he said. But there will be squirrels, I'm sure. There will be squirrels, I repeated like it was the title of that movie, There Will Be Blood. I watched the boyfriend drive off and thought how wonderful he was to do this for me, to give me this week, this cabin. Someone else might have thought, this man is having an affair, or this man wants to get you murdered, but he only wanted me to think I might be murdered. That was the second part of the gift. At some point, he might come back, sneak into the cabin, and murder me. The idea was to scare me just enough to get my creative juices flowing. If any other bodily fluids began flowing, blood, tears, urine, the game would be over. (laughs) To avoid this, there were rules and safe words. Mine was, ugh! I was sure he wouldn't go through with it. It was quite a drive. He would have to park the car far away so I wouldn't hear him approach. But he was heavy-footed, and I was sure I would hear him. He would be like, oh, hey. And I would be like, do you want a glass of water? And he would be like, yes, please, it's really hot out. And he would come in, and I wouldn't get any writing done at all. As soon as he drove off, I went inside and looked around. Wooden floors? Check. Wooden walls? Check. Sofa with Ralph Lauren-approved throw pillows? Check. Fireplace for throwing things into and staring at longingly? Check. Bed with more tasteful but unnecessary pillows? Check. I called him. There's no TV, I said. You're supposed to be writing, he said. When are you coming back? I said, I can't tell you that, can I? Or you won't be surprised, he said. Scared, you mean. Remember? I said. I remember. Now go, do your thing, he said, and hung up. The first night, I did my thing. I watched a movie on my phone and then slept for 11 hours. I felt surprisingly safe in the cabin. I had never had a problem with nature, just to People. Well, there had been that incident with a squirrel once, but I blame myself for that. On my first day, I got an Uber back to the world and bought a lot of crud that I didn't need. When I returned to the cabin, I sat in various positions, inside and outside, with my laptop open in front of me, blank page glaring at me like the demon it was, and I thought like hell about my book but didn't actually write anything— If the boyfriend did show up to scare me, I didn't notice. On the second day, I put an avocado on the kitchen counter, and it rolled off onto the floor, and the thud made my heart leap a little. I had scared myself. I left the avocado on the floor so I would know where it was. I wrote a page, deleted it, wrote it again, word for word, deleted it again, wrote it again in a different font, and then decided to treat myself to a bottle of wine. So I got an Uber back to the store. Uber drivers are usually very murdery. This one was a woman who had skin like leather, who looked like she was addicted to tanning, who looked like maybe she was Arnold Schwarzenegger's mother. She scared me. The whites of her eyes were so white. I wanted to ask how she survived way out there, but mostly I wanted to buy my wine and get back to my writing, which was almost happening. I fell asleep on the couch, and the leather lady gave me nightmares. I woke up with a jolt and wrote them all down, even though my book wasn't a horror novel. It might have to become one. If I killed all the characters off, it could be. That was always an option. Still no sign of boyfriend. I went outside and sat on the porch with my wine and watched the sunset and hoped he hadn't been murdered in our apartment in the city. I texted him. Hope you're alive, ghost emoji. He texted me back straight away. You too, smiley face. It rained the next day and night. I sat on the porch and watched it fall, and after I'd seen enough, I watched another movie on my phone. No one was coming to murder me or even pretend to murder me in this weather. Not even a damp squirrel dropped by to see how I was doing. I was impressed that my phone was getting a signal. It restored my faith in both technology and humanity, but mostly technology. I went back inside and got in bed. But the rain was so loud on the roof that I felt bad for the shingles getting battered like that. I wrote a passage about the rain and then deleted it because everything you can say about the rain has already been said. It's wet. Get over it. The next few days, I fell into a rhythm. And I thought I was getting the hang of writing again, but also that I should have been better at it by now. Maybe I didn't know enough words. There was still no sign of the boyfriend. I was starting to think that his heart wasn't truly in it. And I didn't like what that said about our relationship. He'd said he would murder me nicely. But maybe that was just something people who pretend to be in love say to each other. I took scaring myself into my own hands. I started to leave things on the edge of the counter where they might fall. The suspense was thrilling. I left a tomato on the kitchen table and willed it to roll off. I left a towel barely on the hook. I left the door ajar when the wind might blow it shut. It was up to the universe. I asked shadows to entertain me. When I was a kid... I like to scare my sister by wrapping a towel around my head and under my chin, then turning off the light, making a scary face, and flicking the light back on. I did this to myself now, in the bathroom mirror. It was pretty disturbing that a grown woman would do that to herself. I had regressed considerably in the cabin, an adult making faces at herself in the mirror with a towel around her head? Still no boyfriend. All he had to do was tap a branch on the window, and he couldn't even be bothered to do that. I texted him. I'm scaring myself. He texted back. As long as that's all you're doing to yourself, winky face. You're gross, I texted. I knew then he wasn't coming. He never had been, but if I accused him of never actually planning on coming, he would just say... How do you know? And if I took him to court to prove it, that would be weird. (laughs) He had gotten me the cabin. What more did I want? Someone who knew what else I needed? Someone who was true to his word? To be able to write anywhere instead of nowhere? I had written something, a horror story about the dangers of tanning beds so it hadn't been a complete waste of time. Were you scared? He asked when he came to get me. Yes, I said. But I hadn't been scared the way he meant. I'd been scared to realize I didn't need anyone else. My own autonomy scared me, because I hadn't died in the cabin like we'd thought I might. I should do this for other people, I said on the drive home. For other writers, I said, so he would know I meant for my species, the ones who relied on their imaginations to make a living, and also to live. Okay, he said, not noticing that I'd said I, not we. I dreamed of selling the movie rights to my story and buying that cabin. I would rent it out to writers and scare them a little. But mostly I'd let them scare themselves. Because there's nothing scarier than time and space and the blank page. Very ironic, the amount of writer's block we had writing this script. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, everybody, we are not
0: professional writers. We hire someone to do that. It's quite a struggle. Um, Turns out Jackie and I are not organically funny, like Lucy is. I know. (laughs) I know. What a tragedy for us. I know
1: you're all shocked. (laughs) I'm shocked. Because clearly shocked. all the content we've released thus far were pretty freaking funny. We're so funny.
0: But really, Lucy's funny. Um, yeah. And I, I went through her Twitter. This is unrelated to the story, but I went through her Twitter, scrolled all the way back to the pandemic, and like, man, really funny stuff. Like, definitely worth a follow for sure.
1: <laughs> it was really fun to try to find her voice and humor in this story um a lot of like deadpan humor yeah you definitely know? um which was super fun and truly like the embodiment
0: of solitude and procrastination like you know, what a nice gesture. You think that you're going to set up the right circumstances to get something done. And then you end up just watching Netflix on your phone like that. She doesn't even have a oh, TV. Yeah.
1: Um, oh, yeah. Or like sleeping for 11 uh, hours. and In the woods. What really got
0: me was the way that she felt she needed to scare herself. Like the story was still very much about worrying about being murdered. And... You know, when it gets to the point of rolling an avocado off the counter, (laughs) spooky. I
1: just think it's so funny that um, the whole time it's the boyfriend, Mm. Mm -hmm. you know, because it's it's ironic because it's almost like when you're. Reading when someone's talking about a murder and they're like, oh, it was the boyfriend. Right, right, right. So it's funny that she talks about her boyfriend as the, the boyfriend because yeah. it's almost like this whole uh this little narration of her trying to get this, this book finished is also written in the style of, uh, has like moments where it's written like a right. horror story or the like retelling of a murder mystery or something, um, which I enjoyed a lot. And to, to also just, um, I, I feel like the boyfriend was pretty... Bland. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> Very bland. And and even though this is supposed to be, you know, funny, lighthearted, like ironic story about writer's mm. block, whatever, there are there are deep moments where she's like, Or, you know, I'm I'm realizing that I can do everything myself. And yeah, maybe he right? just doesn't he doesn't know who I am. And I'm like, oh wait, wait, this is a little this is deeper. This goes deeper yeah, for this sure. Is, he bought you a cabin to make you realize to break up with him. <laughs> exactly. The irony there. And then yeah. he murders you. Just oh, kidding. Right. Of course. Um but it was funny. Yeah. And I would definitely want to hang out with this this person, this character. Oh, for
0: sure all the way in England Mm -hmm. I would totally book a trip to hang out with Lucy
1: Yeah, (laughs) Uh, would you
0: like to learn a little bit more about her?
1: yeah let's do it Lucy
0: Britch is a UK author but with some German roots in her she's been writing for as long as she can remember and says quote I don't really write like anyone else because I'm not like anyone else what inspires me is people doing their own thing people who don't care what anyone else is doing She says radical self-acceptance is a big thing for me, creatively but also personally, saying this is who I am and it's okay. My writing saves me a lot of the time, even though I don't write these highbrow literary books it's the one thing that makes me feel okay in the world and my skin. Living an authentic life is important to me, as well as always being able to laugh at the absurdity of most things. When we asked her about the juice behind Murder Me Nicely, she told us, quote, There's that classic trope of the writer in the woods going mad. I wanted the writer to take back some power, but also have some fun with it. When we checked out Lucy's website, lucybritch.com, we found that Lucy has published some amazing work. Her debut novel, Sad Janet, has top reviewers like the New York Times saying, quote, a gentle yet precise probe into the nature of melancholia. Sad Janet is a strangely exuberant meditation on sadness. Britch articulates the conflicting comforts and pains of depression in a distinctively memorable, wise way. And she's got another new novel on the way. Stay tuned for Thoughtless. Of course, when we asked Lucy what her favorite breakfast food was, it wasn't anything conventional. She told us strictly pizza. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to know more about Lucy, you can head to her website, lucybritch.com, or check her out on Twitter, at Lucy where you can find funny tweets such as, quote, if only laying face down in a pizza was writing.
1: Next week, we will be taking a break, but don't worry, you can catch us the following week with a new story and another guest reader hopping on the mic with Liv.
0: Thank you so much for listening, and we are... As always, love to hear from our listeners. So you can always find us on Instagram at shortstackstoriespod, or on our website
1: shortstackstories.com. Catch in two weeks, and as always, have a story stacked week.